Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Gym and Tonic podcast with myself, Stephen Geddes. We cover all topics, health, fitness, and wellness related. We talk to special guests and industry leaders and get them to share their stories and experiences along with sharing our own journey and thoughts of this industry. Most importantly, we love what we do and we invite you to share your thoughts on our social media platforms. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoy today's episode. On there now. So I'm absolutely delighted uh, to introduce today's guest, Ollie Ollerton. Ollie Ollerton is former SBS Special Forces. He is an ex-diamond dealer. He is author of Battle Ready and Breakpoint. Um, and he is probably best known for his role as DS in Channel 4's SAS, Who Dares Wins. Again, delighted to have Ollie on board today. Really looking forward to picking his brain. Guys, if you have any questions, we'll try to deal with those towards the end. For now, let's get Ollie in here, okay? Ollie, how are you, man? How's things? Yeah, good, mate. I think I'm enjoying that isolation far too much. <laughs> likewise, likewise. I am yeah. so delighted uh, you agreed to come on board. Thank you so much. There's so many people in. There's. You agreed to come on board. Thank you so much. There's so many people interested. I see the names and numbers jumping up here uh, to listen to your story. It's a fantastic story. Lots of twists and turns. Um, I'll start by, I suppose, breakpoint, uh, short-term discomfort for long-term gain. And your, your story is definitely a testament to that. So um, if you want to take it away there and introduce yourself. Man. Yeah, my name's Ollie. You've probably seen me on the TV show, SAS Who Dares Wins, but I don't get my credit and, and uh, merit from that. My uh, credit really is for my heritage, which is for the Special Forces and, um, you know, everything I've done since then. So, um, yeah. Um, let's talk about Breakpoint first. Breakpoint, because we can all relate to that. Anyone that's um, got any interest in fitness, although it's not just about fitness, will understand that Breakpoint is the moment you decide to take a step into the short-term discomfort for long-term gain. And that is like, let's, let's relate that to a workout. Let's, let's relate that to any fitness workout. We will always try and avoid the stress. We'll always try and avoid the discomfort. But we know that by crossing that bridge, of that short-term pain, that's where the goal, that's where the growth is, that's where the goal lies. At the, at the other side of that is fulfillment. At the other side of that is growth. Uh, but if you're, the, the way we're wired, and it's a simple thing, you know, the way we're wired is to take short-term comfort, but that leads to long-term pain. You know, and that can be our eating habits, our relationships, our work, everything. So, you know, I'm not saying you can't sometimes, and I do take the shortcut, sometimes I like to, eat crap now and then um or not care should i say um you know on the other occasion but the thing is the percentage or the majority of percentage of my life is all about heading into into the shit storm before we get to the glory days so that is the ethos of breakpoints the moment you decide to step into the short-term discomfort for long-term gain it's the moment you say nothing will stand between you and your goals and that's within every single one of us that doesn't mean having to go to a war zone. That's, that's your training routines. That's doing the dishes so you haven't got to face the crap in the morning. 
It's every little thing. In fact, it's all the little things. Because if you take care of the small things, the big things look after themselves. It's creating the mindset and the ethos of um, always facing the challenge and not walking away from it. You know, because the people that do walk away from the challenge are the ones that end up in misery, depression, hate themselves, self-loathing, self-worth, etc., etc. Yeah, it, 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 exactly. As you're saying there, to, to micromanage those little things on a daily basis. And that's, I, I suppose, where routines come in, habit. I know you're a big exponent, a big, a big, um, uh, you talk quite a bit about habit and about goals and things like that. And about putting yourself into those situations and having a growth mindset so you can come out the other side stronger. This is a perfect time for that. You said you're enjoying yourself, as am I. I remember the first day they sort of announced lockdown here in Ireland. I went, fuck. <laughs> you know, I thought, ah, this, isn't, this isn't ideal. I suppose from a business point of view, that was a straight away, I sort of, I sort of yeah. a blank. And I took a little bit of time to sort of step back and go, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to just have to live with this. What can I do that's going to yeah. create positivity and get some people motivated? And I got onto the likes of yourself and some other people. And the stories we're hearing so far is outstanding. Do you know what I mean? And, and um there's so many little lessons to be learned within this period of time. And there's so much enjoyment if you really start to look for them, positivity. What are you doing at the minute? How are you staying on top of things? Yeah, well, let's, let's first of all um, talk about that isolation because I do really appreciate that there are a lot of people out there that are in not a good, frame, a good state of mental health. I yeah. realise, you know, I, I do feel privileged because I live in the country. I do feel privileged because, you know, I can walk outside and, and you know, I'm in, the, I'm in the countryside. So I do really, uh, you know, my situation is, is, is uh, I feel quite humbled to be in that situation. But I do um, appreciate people aren't in the same situation. And, and, and there are a lot of people out there stuck, you know, with, um, with not good, not great looking prospects moving forward. But the thing is, you have, we can't control. This is the important thing. You know, if I was going to tell you to do one thing, if you're finding yourself getting anxious and worrying, you need to really list down everything that you're worrying about. So first of all, make a list, then go through that list and think, put a tick next to the things you can control. Because if you can't control it, there's no point worrying about it. And really start to focus on the things that you can control. I'll tell you what you can control now, and that's yourself. That's your own, that's you, how you, what you're doing with your time. Another thing I say about this is, to people, go through this exercise. Ask yourself, you're sat with yourself, looking at yourself, and you're gonna ask yourself, this is six months time, and you're saying, what did you do during isolation? And be honest with yourself, what does that person tell you? Does that person tell you you, you mostly ate crap, you um, drank too much, you didn't really train, and you were just sat on your phone all day long? If that is the answer, or, is, or if there's is some negative answers in there, start to address that. Because this time now, and this is my new book out right now at the moment, Battle Ready. The reason I bought that book out right now, and I, we kind of thought about steering away from bringing it out because of the, the timing. And I said, no, let's bring it out now because the practices, the disciplines and everything that I teach in that book is exactly what I went through in 2015 when I had to make some changes to myself and I put myself into self-isolation. And I sat there in a house for two months on my own. Okay. And I thought, I was thinking to myself at that time, you know, I, I had pretty much nothing apart from, you know, some issues. And I was sitting there thinking, you know, I could have sat there and wallowed in self-pity. But I thought, 
what are the benefits, you know, what's the silver lining? The silver lining was the fact that I could actually sit there for two months in a house without any external pressure and make some uh, monumental life changes. Now, why I'm saying that is because that book takes you through the process of doing that. What I'm saying is you've got that time now and we probably won't get this time again. So really start to understand, you know, think what you can do now. And because the self-discipline and structure and everything's gone from your daily routine, you know, we're only used to usually having two days like this a week. Now we've got, for a lot of people who are not working at all, we've got seven days. Okay, so you need, you need to still add some discipline and structure to your day. Okay, so for me, I know I've gone around the houses there, but I wanted to give a bit of context before I went in. Yeah. What do I do? Okay, and, and listen, you know, this morning, like my usual routine is always my, um, my set routine is get up at five, I come downstairs, I make myself a cleansing drink, not coffee. Okay, so that could be lemon, hot, hot water and lemon. Um, I then go and meditate. Okay, now meditation for me is my focused attention and intention. It's time for me to sit there and try and clear my head. And the ability to clear your head is such a skill it, that helps in your everyday life. Because when all that mind chat is going on and it's all getting too much, the ability to just breathe and clear all that is so beneficial. So for me, that's my focus sort of time. I'll go on guided meditations and stuff like that. There's loads of resources across YouTube, Google, everything. So, you know, there's, there's plenty. You can, you know, you can put in guided meditation for fitness, guided meditation for abundance. Gu you know, there's so many. You know what I mean? And you can follow that, whatever you, you, you want to focus on. Um, once I've done that, I then either go for a run, 7Ks, or I hit the gym. And then once I've done that, I'm back in the house, and that's 7 o'clock. And then at that point, I get in front of my desk and I send some emails, respond to emails from the day before. And then, and, and at that time, no one, pretty much no one's awake. So that phone, my phone's silent. There's no WhatsApp messages. There's no emails. And it's my focused time. And that takes me and makes me battle ready for the day, every day. But if you're finding yourself every day on the snooze button, bang, 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 the day walks all over you. You know what I mean? The day comes to you without you, you know, having any, you've got to then handle it. And that's what I find when I don't do that. And this morning I didn't do it. I didn't do that routine and the day's walking all over me now. And that's what I want to say that as well. You know, I'm not so strict to discipline, disciplinarian, but I do this every day in, day out. And that's why, you know, it's, I call it battle ready. The book is battle ready. It's not about being in a war zone. Life's a battle for everyone. My battle is being a better version of myself every day. Sometimes that doesn't happen. Today it didn't happen. And sometimes it's good though, you know, like I don't set my alarm. You know, so when I need sleep, if my body needs sleep, I allow it to have sleep. And that could be half an hour, it could be two hours. But usually when I'm sort of, when I'm in the, in the correct routine and I've got, uh, got to bed on time, I'll wake up bang on five o'clock. And that's my perfect routine. But like today, I've tried to, I got up late and I've tried to cram in my fitness, I've tried to cram in this and it's not happened. You know what I mean? So it's, so it's so important to really start yourself off on your terms, no one else's. Yeah, so, on the morning, on the day, isn't that the, the saying? Yeah. And, yeah. and I agree. You talk about looking back in six months' time. Um, I live on that philosophy as well, at the 90-year-old man, looking back when I'm 19 mm, and yeah. trying to regrets. Um, but I think that all... There's no way you're 90 in six months. No. <laughs> <laughs> so I always try and think from that point of view and that if I yeah. look back yeah. that... 
when, when I get to that point, I don't want to be lying on my deathbed and mm-hmm. I don't want to be saying to myself, do you know what, why didn't I chance this or why didn't I do this or, you know, and, and so I think it's about just setting yourself some, some goals, some realistic goals, some maybe that seem like dreams, but, you know, as the saying goes, if they're not big enough, they're not real, you know. So I, I think nothing is too big. And once you get that goal, then you can sort of start micromanaging it and breaking it down into, like you're saying, your daily routines, into mm-hmm. your habits, your little habits that all are going to add up. Yes. And you've mentioned it there, but I think too many people want things too fast. They want it today or they want it next week and they don't realize, which, is, as I said, is absolute testament to, to yourself and to where you've gotten to today and the adversities that you've faced. Um, I'm sure you, you, you will agree that it's sort of made you who you are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's such a bloody fantastic story. People need to realize that these adversities, we need to sort of deal with them in order to have that growth and in order to come out the other side. And yeah. just like you said there, it's, um, there are people, unfortunate enough, we're not all in the same boat. That is one thing. We're not all in yeah. the same Yeah. Yeah, we've all got sort of similar circumstances, but some people are worse off than others. So just like yourself, I'm very happy to be able to, able to jump on even and do these. Yeah. But you need to be looking at the positives. You need to be finding the silver lining. And you've always been very good at that. And you can tell from all your stories, in, especially in that first book. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> there is yeah, well, that, that's really important, you know. And it's, it's like, you know, I'll give you, a, for example, yesterday we had a, when I say we had a bad day, you know, it was like by the time we got to the end of the day, we we're sitting around the dinner table. There's three of us, four of us, including the dog. And... Um, not much was being said. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like, and you're thinking, God, this is depressing. Um, and it's William, my, uh, my girlfriend's or fiance's uh, little boy, 11 years old. And it was a practice we sort of got into the habit of probably a year, two years ago. And he just popped up and he said, Ollie, give us the best three things that happened to you today. Mm. You know what I mean? And I was like that. And I thought, oh, God, why did I teach him that? <laughs> but the thing is, you know, I, I, he said his, I said mine, and, and, and Laura said hers. And straight away afterwards, it changed the mood. It changed the mood because, you know, it's always about finding the silver lining. You know, and if people think, oh, I can't find a silver lining at the moment, believe me, I've been to countries where they're sucking, uh, kids are drinking out of puddles for drinking water. I go to the tap in the house, and honestly, I still turn the tap on and go, I can't believe we can drink that. We shower in it, we flush the toilet with it. Now, if you can't find a hundred things to be grateful for, you know, in, in daily life at the moment, then you're missing a trick because, you know, just the roof over your head, family, et cetera, et cetera, there's always something that you can be grateful for. There's always an opportunity from every crisis as well. So, you know, like that, this at the moment, we've had to close down one arm of our business break point, not close it down, but postpone everything for next year. Um, but that's then opened other doors. You know, we're starting to do a lot of more online co- uh, content for corporates. You know, so one door's closed and another door's opened. And then also it's really taking or giving us time to reevaluate um, where we want to go with our company. Um, you know, we've got an app out there as well, Battle Ready 360 app that me and Foxy run. So, I mean, that's doing particularly well at the moment. Um, but, you know, it's, it's about sort of, it's about being a chameleon, the situational chameleon. You know, once you get, and, and this is very much like the special forces, you know, you get into, a, you could be in the worst situations in the world, but you, you always look around and think, what can I get from this? You know, what can I take from this? Because as soon as you stop, and, and this, let's go back to goals as well, because I've not covered that. 
a lot of the problem is right people think or you know that th people think only certain people have goals and that is a misconception our subconscious is a goal getting and striving machine and it will it will go towards whatever your dominant thoughts focus on so regardless of whether you've got chosen goals or not you have got go everyone's got goals so the thing is if your head is full of negativity if your head is full of things that you you hate in your life you're going to be naturally drawn to more of the same okay so i like to use this example as well you know when if, if me and you were still, you're probably not the best example, but um, if, if me and the people watching here were stood next to a freezing cold lake, okay, and the ice is just about to form over the top of the lake, and I say, jump in there, the majority of people would tell me to go and fuck myself, wouldn't they? They would. <laughs> I, I would tell me to do that anyway. <laughs> right, now I get... Imagine this scenario. I get the person you love the most in this world and I throw them in the centre of that lake and they start to drown. Do you think you give a shit about how cold it is? You don't, do you? Because your goal overwhelms your circumstances. But the thing is, if you haven't got a goal, you get lost in your circumstances and you become a victim of them because you've got nothing bigger pulling you out. So at the moment, you know, it's always, in, at the moment, more so than any other time, I would say. Choose a goal. Choose something. You said it before yourself. You said, you know, you said, uh, there's a quote in my book. It's my quote. And um, it states that no goal was ever great unless at some point you're, you doubted your ability to achieve it. You know, you've got to, your goal, and, and again, that's the way we're wired. We're wired to do things we know we can complete. Okay? We're wired to do things we know we can complete because we know we've got more chance of not looking foolish at the end of it. But the thing is, you and it's all the, the word here is courage. Okay, it's all about everything's all about courage. Courage is the ability to throw yourself into anything without a guarantee of a successful outcome. So it's not knowing whether you're going to pass or fail, it just knows that you want something and you're prepared to throw everything at it without a guarantee that you're going to get to where you need to be. But let me tell you, 25% towards a goal is better than 0% of nothing. Yeah, but really, you know. And that's Battle Ready book is all about building those processes into your daily lives. Positive affirmations, everything. Ask what positive, if you know, if you to ask what a positive affirmation is, you're brainwashing yourself because we're negatively geared. This comes back to our um, evolution. You know, we're always, and everyone can relate to this to this day, okay? We're, we're looking for everything that we're always looking for what could go wrong. So when you come to do something that you've never done before, it's a natural um, primal instinct to actually not want to do it and look for what could go wrong. And if, if you don't take action in a short period of time, your mind will, will give you a hundred reasons why not to do it. You know, so really it's about positive affirmations for me. Someone asked me what they were the other day. That's brainwashing yourself. You're brainwashing that negativity. So you, 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 your positive, positive affirmation is something you keep repeating and you diluting the negativity. And before you know it, you're wired on the positive as opposed to just the negative. The negative is always going to be there. It's, you know, no one is fearless. Well, people are fearless, but they've got, there's no one with no fear. And the ones that have got no fear are either dead or they're going to die soon. So, you know, it's, a, it's about really a lot of my book and a lot of everything is about recognizing how we work as humans, how this all works, because everything else doesn't work unless that's working properly. Um, and it's about being able to work with it 
okay being able to work you know being a, being an observer of your emotions you know it's like ego you know a lot of people say well have you guys not got an ego because especially We've got egos, of course we've got egos, but the thing is we know when to turn them off and turn them off. You know, we, we, we can recognize them. We can see the ego coming in and we can recognize that and push it away. You know, sometimes we might take a little bit of it and push the rest away. But the thing is, it's about recognizing your emotions. And again, with that, you know, if you don't start to recognize your emotions and decide which ones you are, want to align with, then you become a victim of your emotions. So really, you know, a lot of this book is teaching you all this stuff, how the brain works, everything. And then it gives you a disciplined process. And let's talk about process. And that's why special forces are so good at what they do, because we follow process. When all this is going on up here, regardless of what's going on up here, when people are getting shot or whatever, when everything's going wrong, we know there's a process to follow that is void of emotion, void of feelings, and you follow the process. So let's talk about training again. If you've got a training program, you know, a lot of people say, you know, they come up with the, the, the idea the night before, right, tomorrow, you know, five o'clock come up, I'm going out for a run, I'm going to do seven Ks, and they, they go through that short-term honeymoon period. Yeah, brilliant. Five o'clock comes the next day, and they're like, that. Oh. and then they phone the friend, and they say, oh, what, I, I just didn't feel motivated. You're, ne you're not going to feel motivated. That's normal. And that's when you've got to fall into process and try and disengage from the emotion. And this, again, let's talk back to break point. Great point for me is the moment where you, where you turn off the program and follow your heart. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you listen to this, it will talk you out of it. I love that. There's so much, so much nuggets of gold there. And you talk about those sort of, I'm very much like that myself, systems. Um, yeah. Because systems don't fail, the person does. So if you get a good system, good habits in place, and if you have your goal and you take the time and you give yourself the time in order to achieve that, as you said, it doesn't matter if you're 25% on, it's better than being 0%. I think, one of the, I think one of the big issues with a lot of people when it comes to goal setting is they may have the goal, but they don't know where, maybe where to start. Or they have a goal and then those people that are closest to them um, you know, will give their opinions. And it is often those that are closest to you, your loved ones, that will give you the opinions. And maybe it's... They don't understand the reason that you're going in that particular direction. How do you encourage or what do you do to overwrite those uh, thoughts? We, you were talking there about sort of overwriting the negativity. How do you overwrite that negativity? And although everyone may doubt you, still say, no, this is, yeah. I know what I need to do. Once you, the first of all, once you're choosing a goal, it's very important, right? Because a lot of people will choose a goal that's not really for them. They're choosing a goal um, because they know it's going to look good to the outside world. They might be choosing a goal because it reflects what their partner would like. They might be choosing a goal because... Based yeah, on other people. At the end of the day, it's not for them. The goal isn't for them. So if you're a passion... I mean, I, exactly that scenario you talked about there, I've had that situation. So when I came, you know, I, I came back from bouncing all over the world, going to war zones here, there and everywhere. I want to stop my company, Breakpoint. And, you know, the normal thing for guys like us to do, and I've done it, is go and fight in war zones, uh, probably, you know, have a security company is the pinnacle of that, and blah, 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 and it's just the same thing, the same, you know, it's the, it's the cliche thing to do for ex-special forces. And I wanted to break that mold, and I wanted to start my company, Breakpoint, which was really about, well, not really, it is about helping other people. Um, and I... You know, I, was, I had no money or anything and I was just on this dream and I thought to myself, and that's why I did the boot camp, right? The boot camp was, was clear of any distractions because I know that, you know, family are the worst, okay? 
that's no disrespect to them. But the thing is, when I say family are the worst, when they try and talk you out of something, nine times out of 10, it's because they're trying to protect you. You know, but the thing is, we listen to them the most because they're the closest to us. So what they say can be extremely damaging. And I mean, I, I had a family member, they were trying to do that same thing. And they were trying to protect me and were like, look, Matt, why didn't you just go over back, you know, back to a war zone and start a security company, this, that, and the other. That's what you guys do. But my passion for that goal overrided that. It did knock me back a bit, but I walked away and went, hold on a sec. What is true to me? What am I passionate about? And I would not allow that to, to, to you know, that overwrote my, my goal. Again, my goal overwhelmed that circumstance. And that is so important. You've got to have a... a You've got to have a goal that you, you're passionate about. You've got to be emotional about achieving it, okay? And, um, and, and once you do have something that you are um, emotionally attached to, nothing can stop that. And the thing is, you know, doubt can work in two ways. Doubt can work. It, it can knock you straight off your, your, straight off, um, off your feet, and it can, it can send you crashing back down to the bottom of the hill. Or, which I've always naturally done, I found it naturally easy to do. It's almost like now I want someone to tell me I can't do it. Because once they've done that, it's like, it's like a red flag to a ball. You know, and I, I, will, I will want to prove them wrong. So I turn, I turn that doubt and negativity into power. You know, but the thing is, you know, there, there is a lot of people that go the other way. And it's, it's a knife edge. It's a knife edge. You know, and it, it's hard. But the thing is... What for me, it's always about my goal. I'm passionate about the goal. I know I can achieve it. And I know that um, it relates to, to what my beliefs, you know, it, it aligns with my beliefs. And once you've got that, you're pretty much invincible. Yeah, that's excellent. And really, they, they often say that the biggest risk can yield the biggest reward. But yeah. as you said, it is a balancing act. It's a knife edge. Um, and sometimes you, you just got to know when to go for it and know when to hold it. And one of the biggest, I suppose, one of the biggest risks for you that you took was leaving the SBS, leaving the British forces, coming out the other side and going from that structured, you mentioned, you mentioned sort of peace and war um, and, and being, being comfortable in that war and being comfortable in that madness. But at the same, like, you, you still have that safety of the of the special forces. So when you had to leave that, and a lot of you, you often hear the correlation between sort of ex-military and ex-athletes, that when they leave that comfort and they leave what they know so well to do something completely different, their exit plan. Like, was it a big, big change for you? And how did you react initially? What were your emotions? And how did you decide, okay, break point is what I want. I'm going to do everything I can to get there. Well, to be honest, I mean, there was a big gap between uh, me leaving the forces and, and me coming up with Breakpoint, and a lot happened. Mm. Um, so, so 2000, 2000, I left the Special Forces, and, you know, 14 years later, I, I started on my journey with Breakpoint. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the rest, the, the bit in, in between that was a mess, an absolute mess. Um, and when I look back now, people find this quite bizarre, but the safest I've been was when I was in the Special Forces. The bit before I joined as a kid, you know, that was absolute mayhem. Joined the Special Forces, I had, I had a, a structure, a framework, a discipline to work with. And then as soon as I left again, that all fell away. My support network being my mates fell away. And, um, you know, I was left with nothing. There was a big void. The bottom line, really, when I look back, and it's easy, hindsight didn't win any wars, but it's, it's good to look back and reflect. 
I didn't have a, I didn't know my purpose and I didn't understand what the whole thing about purpose was. And really for me, you know, when I, I tried to do my, one, one, one thing that I knew I wanted to do, and this was a really strong um, drive within me was to have my own business. That's always been, um, but I didn't really know what, you know, what field or what would really drive me, you know, having a business and having something it's got to be more, it's got, you've got, it's got to first of all be the passion to do what you're doing, the why. The money and everything has to be a byproduct to that, you know, but if you've got it the other way around, you're making life difficult for yourself. And I was certainly on that sort of money, uh, you know, it was all about the money initially. And that's why I didn't really find my purpose. So I ended up back in war zones, you know, being pulled back into the system, back in war zones, seven years in, um, or six years in Iraq as a contractor, which was horrendous. You know, there was no support being attacked regularly. Um, and then it was coming out of there because my mental health was, was suffering. And then it was going over to Thailand. And, you know, it was, it was working for the Grey Man where we were rescuing kids who were being sold into slavery and prostitution. And I fell over that opportunity. You know, first of all, it attracted me because the amount of kids were being sold by the families into that life, a life of uh, slavery, prostitution and, and what have you. And I just couldn't get my head around that. So... I was, I was compelled to go and help in that respect. Um, and then we did a few busts. One, one of them was particularly significant. Um, and due to a, uh, a uh, political situation, we had to escape out of Thailand. We had to make our way across the Burmese border, managed to get back home. I was living in uh, Australia at the time. Um, and it was devastating for me because I used all my money from Iraq to self-fund that operation. Um, but the one thing I took from that, which was amazing, was the fact I came across my purpose, my true purpose. And I came across something that um, fulfilled me and I felt humbled about, and that was helping other people. And the power of helping other people less fortunate. And there was no financial gain for me. Like I say, I self-funded it. There was no financial gain, no nothing for me, but helping other people is so powerful. And the thing is, everyone's fighting for the most Instagram followers. Everyone, even though you're in the same team at work, everyone's fighting against each other because their egos are doing this. You know what I mean? It's very hard for people to be, you know, for people to actually be 100% helping, unconditionally helping their fellow man. It's hard to see these days, but the power of doing so is phenomenal. And once you start doing that, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the way you frame things because a lot of everything people do, I mean, like yourself with a gym, you're helping people, but as long as you, as long as you're in that frame of mind that you're helping people, that is going to be a lot more beneficial to your self fulfillment than it is thinking these people are a paycheck. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's about helping other people, and you can. There's so many people in different. You know, pretty much every job out there is helping someone, in some respect, but it's just how you frame it. And for me, I, and that that really gave me the ground, the foundation for my company Breakpoint. And Breakpoint, our mission is to create globally identified brands recognized for the positive growth and development of others. So really, I mean, that mission, that mission statement for me, drives me like you wouldn't believe. I don't get out of bed thinking I've got to pay the bills, I've got to do this. I'm only going to work because I need to pay the mortgage, I need to pay the car finance, blah, blah, blah. I go to work because I think I'm helping people. And that is so fulfilling. I love that you mentioned your purpose and your why there, because um, mm -hmm. I'm the same page there with you everyone that i've spoken to in the last couple of weeks i think we've up on maybe 20 interviews done now yeah they all a lot of like top end athletes and things like that and they have all said the exact same that the reason their purpose or why that they got into it it was never for money it was never for anything else mm. but that that the fulfillment 
that it has given them. I think a lot of the issue with people is they they sort of searching for this and they don't understand. And I think, like with yourself, you mentioned there about Thailand, and that's a fantastic story as well. And and congratulations well on that. Like I I loved when I read that bit of the book. Um, but that that that. Your your progress and and your goals and things like that is never just linear. And your, your purpose, if you just relax and, and and do things for the right reasons, it will eventually come to you. You don't have to search in day in day out for it. If you relax and you you sort of stay positive, and if you're doing things for the right reason, things will ninety nine percent of the time will work out. Yeah, I always say, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, I get in because the. Uh, there were so so many obstacles in the way, uh, yeah. And people have got to understand that the obstacles are the way. And the thing is, it's it's not about lining, um, it's not about lining the opportunities up because the opportunities are already there. It's you that's got to line yourself up. And once you line yourself up, the whole world starts to open. And that was very much for me. You know, I was bouncing around. You know, and this is again, I was bouncing around all over the world trying to find this external something that was going to make me happy, make me fulfilled. There was something I, I was hunting for something I couldn't find. And it was only when I started, you know, when I put myself into this boot camp I keep talking about 2015, where I really started to turn, um, turn the attention to, to myself, that things started to work because I started to invest in myself, my health, my mental health, my fitness, nutrition, everything. And once I did that, it was almost like a reward system for doing that. You know, and opportunities just started opening up. All of a sudden, we get a call from from uh, the production company for SES Who Dares Wins. Do you want to star in a TV show? Just at the time, we're thinking, how do we get exposure for the business? And we're like, that. Oh, this is a gift from the gods. But you know, it's because we were we were we were in we were We're in sync. We were synchronized for the opportunity. So, mm. um, SAS military guys, you're often seen as sort of superhuman. For you, running Breakpoint and running your your boot camps and seeing, I suppose, average Joes and Janes and people who are maybe a little bit down in themselves and looking for answers to see them coming through your program and mentally when they start to change and when they, they when the switch just flicks, what does that do for you? And 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 like, how do you encourage that that out of those people? I think first of all, um, and that is that, that is such an amazing thing that happens there because um, you know first of all I got to thank my team because my team is absolutely amazing around me um, and they all understand the ethos and the purpose and the why of Breakpoint. So first of all, you know I've, I've got my team to thank for that because they are um, you know they, they carry the same passion and ethos and everything as I do. Um, but really, you know, and that seeing someone that comes along someone said to me earlier today i was doing an interview earlier saying do you ever look at people and then go god this one's going to be a tough one you know we've got problems here and i say no you know what when i see those people that i'm so excited because i know they're going to leave here totally different people and some of the stuff we do you know we do stuff at heights we do stuff that faces people's fears and get them you know and it's not about pushing them through whether it's abseiling whether whatever it is it's not about the event it's about the state of mind we're putting them in. It's about the barriers we're going to break through. And there's so many people that stand there. There's been, people been in tears before saying, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And, the, you know, myself and the team are all supporting. They talk people through. And once those people have done the thing they said they couldn't do, the breakthrough is phenomenal. Just to give you a bit of an idea, I mean, when we do our public events and also when we do the corporate stuff, 
we first come in and we'll do a special forces demonstration. Okay. Uh, that could be a hostage release or whatever it is. And we stand there and, and it's impressive. I don't mind saying so myself. It's impressive. There's bangs, there's smokes, there's, you know, it looks slick. And everyone stood there like that. Oh my God, that, that is amazing. I could never do that. And then I come up to them and I say, everything you've just seen, you're gonna, I'm going to teach you how to do. The last thing you do is the first thing you saw. And they stand there and they say, I, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. But again, this like fits into the goal system and everything. We break it down into each different module and train them in each specific thing. And then the last thing they do is the whole thing together. And it's not about, like I keep saying, it's not about the events they do. It's the fact they've come in there with that neg not, yeah, negative and also the, the self-limiting mindset and they walk away knowing that barrier can be broken. And once you know that can be done, that then relates to everything in your, in your life. And the more you keep doing that action, you know, I mean, for me, this is how I work, you know, and this is what I'm trying to get people into doing. Like I went out for a run the other day. I've got, you know, to, to sort of amplify the negativity, I've got an Achilles injury at the moment. And uh, I went out and I did a run and, it, you know, there's one route I go and there's a massive hill at the end. And the hill is horrible, absolutely disgusting. So anyway, I try and do that run every couple of days. And there's another route there, which is a flatter route going around the other way. So anyway... Straight away, I can see how my mind's working. I'm coming down. First of all, he's saying, go and check your emails, do this, that, and the other. And I'm like, ah, no, no, this is when I follow process. You know, so get my trainers on, and then I'll walk out the door. And then my mind's telling me, look, don't do the hill today. Don't do the hill. Um, you know, go the easy route. You've, you've done well this week, and you did it the other day, blah, blah, blah. But really, in the back of my mind, I know what's happening here. I know my emotions and my feelings are telling me to try and take the easier route. But I know at the back of my mind that, the hill offers me so much more growth. So anyway, I get down to the end of the drive, I can go left for the, for the easier route or right for the hill. And my mind's saying, yep, yeah, we've confirmed that I'm going left on the easy route. I get to the end and I just go, no, and I go the hill route. And that really is, you know, I, I understand the emotions there. I understand that every time I can see that obstacle, that system in play, I go against the opposite. You know, I go against the one thing that I don't want to do. Because it, it's about breaking those obstacles and facing the obstacles day in, day out. And that's why my book's called Battle Ready as well. It's, it's not about going to war zones. It's not about, you know, being attacked by militia or whatever. It's about, I don't care who you are or where you're from, we're all facing battles every day. Yeah. And I think those little battles every day that you face, you start to build up a tolerance. You start to be able to handle just a little bit more. You start to be able to turn down that little voice that's telling you, as you said, turn left instead of right. Yeah. And eventually you get better at that. And you start to see, I suppose, physical and mental changes if you, if you, if you stick to it. And as I said, like you're saying, break point, short term, um, short term change for, for long term. Short term discomfort for long term gain. Short term discomfort for long term gain. Sorry, yeah. Um, absolutely fantastic. Yeah, like your some of your earlier, like like from start to finish. From from one of the things that you 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 openly talk about. One of the biggest um, that had one of one of the stories that has the biggest impact on your life is that chimp story. Do you mm. mind uh, talking that and telling the guys about it and the yeah. effect that it had on you and and how it's brought you to where you are today? Because it's one of many. Like I mean. You've, you've got an absolutely incredible story. Like, like, 
<laughs> but the thing is, that is the one story that, that you know, I, this sounds quite extreme, but um, when I, I, well, I'll tell you the story and I'll tell you my thoughts on it afterwards. But basically, I was yeah. 10 years old. This is in the middle of Burton-on-Trent, Staffordshire. And, um, you know, I'm, I, I get a knock on the door. My brother's best mate's there. Do you want to come swimming? Let's go swimming. Boiling a hot day. My mum's like that. Yeah, get out of my face. So she's relieved to get rid of us. Uh, Burton on Trent going across the bridge. The circus is setting up. We're like that. Oh my God, it's the circus. You know, I was 10 years old. I was like, it's nothing better than the circus. Got across there. We asked if we could have a look around the animals. They're just setting up. Yeah, of course you can. I got separated off and I was drawn towards this opening on the other side of the big top. Ended up in this open area that was, you know, all green grass, beautiful. In the center, there's a chimp. And for me, you know, I grew up with cats and dogs, you know, to see a chimp, that was like Hollywood for me because I was addicted to Tarzan as, as a kid. And um, I saw this little chimp there. So it was, that was Cheetah. And I was like drawn to it straight away. Um, and, you know, next thing I'm stood over the chimp, it starts passing me food. And I'm like, well, I'm a, like a baby David Attenborough. And, um, you know, I, I thought I'm not eating it. So I went through the motions. I'm throwing it over my shoulder. And this was, it seemed like ages, but it was only seconds. And then the, 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 uh, the serenity of that moment was broken like a fighter jet cutting through the sky as I heard this almighty roar and I saw this movement in the shadows. And that movement very quickly turned to a 50 kilogram chimp that was the, chimps, uh, the baby chimp's mother uh, making a beeline for me, Mac 10, and I'm like a deer in the headlights. And, um, you know, all of a sudden the, the blue sky turned to black as this thing jumped through the air, almost like it was slow motion, pinned me to the floor and started ripping chunks out of me. Um, and really, this is the reason, not really, this is fact. The reason my company is called Breakpoint, okay, is this moment. And that moment was that I was under that chimp. I could see blood in its teeth. It was my blood. And I could see my life going. I know I was dying. I know I was dying. And I, I had to make a choice at that point. And the only way I could survive that day was, was taking it to the next level. I had, to, I had to bring the fight to the chimp. Okay, so I had to step into short term discomfort for any chance of living that day, which was the long term game. Okay, so I started, you know, I managed to wrestle the chimp or dislodge the chimp. It, it, it half fell off me and I managed to draw my knee up to my chest. I smashed it in its chest. It fell off. I managed to get a few feet back and then it came for the final attack and a chain caught it around the neck. And, um, you know, if it, if it wasn't for that moment, I wouldn't be here today. But that was that is the ethos. Uh, that is break point. The moment, you know, the moment I decided to take a step into the short-term discomfort for the long-term gain, that was living that day. Now, one thing I didn't realize when I'm looking back, you know, I, I locked that away, that experience away. You know, and that's what we do. We're wired to do that. Any kind of emotional, intimate, emotional trauma, we lock away the intimate detail. Okay. And that is the issue, I feel, with PTSD. That is the issue with any kind of mental health issues. You can't lock that stuff away. You have to face it. And it's only recently, like last year, that I managed to actually deal with that. But then looking back, and again, like I say, hindsight didn't win any wars, but, you know, reflection, I now look over my life and realize how that experience at 10 years old had a massive effect on the rest of my life. You know, I've done some great things, but it has been, um, you know, I haven't, I, I truly believe for myself, I've not really started living until the last six years yeah. you know I'm, I'm the happiest i've ever been and my life has just been you know mental mayhem you know i put myself into a lot of trouble as a kid got into a lot of trouble uh, and i was always chasing danger you know i was going to war zones and i was just i was just chasing death 
Um, you know, and it's just not, it's just not a healthy way to be. Um, and it's actually, I went away last year and it's actually detailed in here. I went away to an ayahuasca retreat where I went back and met the chimp. And, um, you know, that for me, going back and actually going as deep as possible into that trauma was the one thing I needed to do. And that, that, that's changed so much in my life now. It's, it's an incredible story. And as I said, one of many. Um, what I'd like to refer back to is actually talking about mental health, actually, because I think it really correlates there. But undoubtedly, there's a lot of similarities and a lot of differences in, in your portrayal, I suppose, on SAS Who Dares Wins and in your own company and in your boot camps and the people that you see from the corporate world. But they all have stories and they're all going into those situations and pushing themselves into those situations for reasons known to them. How do you dig a little deeper and get those stories out of them? And I suppose, how do you remain stoic when you do get, you know, how, how, how do you mm. deal with stuff coming through to you and how in turn do you help them to shift their mindset to your techniques? Yeah, one thing about essay selection, and the SAS, Who Dares Win show, and also a break point. This is what happens, right? When you come, um, basically, you're putting pe people into a situation they've never been in before. You're forcing them to a situation that they're uncomfortable about. And when you do that, basically, your ego is nowhere to be seen. Mm -hmm. so, so, and you're definitely out of your comfort zone. Now, what you can't do in that situation, like you always do when you are in a comfort zone, is you can't design the perfect outcome that makes you look good. So what you're firing from then is raw character, okay? And that is a hard pill to swallow, but a life-changing one for people, okay? Because they're no longer living the facade. They're no longer trying to be somewhere that they're not. They're no longer living for, for how other people perceive them. It's their raw characters, okay? And for, for, for the majority of people... And I think this is so uh, pertinent right now because of social media. It's the first time people have seen their raw, raw characters for a long, long time. Their thoughts, feelings, actions and reactions become organic. And that is why they're so emotional. They're raw, they're open, they're vulnerable. And that is the perfect grounds for us to get into what makes them tick. Get into um, the traumatic things that have happened in their life. Until you get them in that scenario, until you've created that environment there's too much ego you know first of all you can't get you can't get inside a person when when the ego is flaring up there's too much defense going on so really we drop down that those defenses and that is through like i say you know extreme discomfort you know not knowing the anxiety having the anxiety of not knowing what's going to go on so really it's about putting them into that zone for them to really understand and see their real character and that's when they start to really, first of all, that's the only time you can build camaraderie. And that is why the military are so, um, so, so bonded. Uh, and secondly, um, you know, that's, that's, that's them seeing their raw character. Now for us, it is tough. We don't know these people, you know, it's mm -hmm. not, we, we don't get given a, a file on them before they come to us saying, this is what they've been through for us. It's about uncovering who they are, what makes them tick. And some of those things have hit us hard, really hard, you know. But the thing is, I mean, for us as um, as the instructors, as the DS, you know, we've got to remain almost, you know, if you if we if we were to to go too much on, we, we've got to be a support for them, 
you know so any kind of emotion any kind of sort of reflection on it we have to wait until afterwards to we're away from them to discuss that but it's so important when someone's in that vulnerable state that we offer that support and we are the rock you know that they can hold on to during that time but that's really why it is you know and i think it's very important for people to you know that's why it's so important to face face discomforts because through discomfort you you really get to your raw character and um you know i've just i've just someone told me yesterday it was actually my girlfriend laura um that i think it's tiktok of what is it laura hold on laura's here what is it tiktok they've um got some kind of filter thing going on that adjusts everything yeah tiktok you know you've got all these filters you've got all these um filters are fine but i I think you know people are designing the person that they're not on instagram Mm. you know i mean they're building they're putting so much energy and structure into the person they're not their actual raw selves are being the byproduct it should be the other way around it's okay to have this persona on the outside but it should never take away from you who you truly are you know, because the more you build that person, the more the internal conflict about who you are, you know. But you put, you know, and, and I, when I went away, did that ayahuasca thing in, in Costa Rica. That was a massive thing for me. Massive. It was like we put so much energy into the person that we want people to believe we are. We're taking so much away from ourselves. You know, and I think that's a really important point. You know, all these apps and everything, before you know it, people are going to be so embarrassed of the person they really are that they're not even going to want to see anyone anyway. So, you know, I know I've kind of steered off on a bit of a, um, bit of a diversion there, but I think that's a really important point. Do you think that's from consuming maybe the wrong information or following the wrong people or just, I suppose, social media and all that negativity that gets, that gets put out into the world there? Do you think that we maybe need to filter down, we talked about filters, but maybe filter down who we are actually getting our information from and, as you said, start looking inward rather than, rather than outward i think one of the worst things you can do right and the, and the worst things when you you know everyone well you should really want you should we should all be in continuous improvement models the worst yeah. thing you can do when you're at a place that you're not happy with is compared to someone that's in a better place because the the what that creates is is the, is the gap between you and them is is too far to comprehend and what that then creates is jealousy but the thing is, when we're in a bad place, we see people who are more fortunate and we, we want to be those people. We wish we were them. We wish we had what they had. And that is really damaging to, to, to really starting on a path of self-development and improvement. Because the first thing you have to do is have to be totally honest with who you are and where you're at. Once you do that, you can build a foundation and a pathway to work from. But if you're comparing it to someone that is so far out of the realm of who you are, you're never going to get there. It's just going to create uh, self-loathing, jealousy, everything. One thing I'll say, right, is there's so many people on, face, on, on social media, and, and this is one thing I'll never do, and that's fa- they're faking perfection. You know, I'm this, I'm that, and I've got all these pictures, and I'm, uh, and I'm filtering, and I'm doing all this. They're faking perfection. That's why my books, you know, like Battle Ready and Breakpoint, it's a total, total honest and open account of who I am. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I, it's so important for me, for where I, you know, my standing, that people understand that I live and breathe and bleed just like they do. You know, so really, you know, it, and it's hard, you know, I can look across Instagram and, you know, there's just pictures of perfection, perfection, perfection. 
And you know, that just creates self-loathing about where you are in life. So yeah, I think, I think the answer to your question is 100%. You know, I even see a lot, you know, this is something I've been reflecting on recently. There's a lot of these inspirational, you know, like millionaire, whatever it is, mindset or whatever, loads of Instagram accounts. And you actually look at their stuff and it's not positive. It's actually, their quotes are actually working on the negative. You know, you know um, see how they laugh and then laugh at them in the future and all this and all that. That is coming from a negative mindset. So all these sort of quotes and all these things, these inspirational things, when you look behind it, a lot of it is truly negative. You know, it's Definitely. not about proving someone else wrong. I know I, know I can use, when self-doubt is enforced on me, I'll use it as a weapon. But the thing is, I won't take self-doubt in everyday practice to try and elevate myself. So really start to, to think about what you're looking at. You know, you want people that are honest up front and show you a pathway, not a pedestal. Mm. Comparison is the tea for joy comes to mind. And yeah. I fully, yeah, it, it, as you said, so many people, they want to put out the perfect life and the perfect, and you're following these people. As, as, and it's like you're saying, it's not actually positive. It's, it's coming from a negative point of view. And especially yeah. if it's making you think in the wrong way and it's making you feel down in yourself, the easiest thing to do here is to is to just follow and follow those that suit you. Yeah. Um, the, and me saying to you, you need to follow this guy or you need to do this. You need to go on your own path and do what makes you feel good. And as we spoke right throughout this interview, finding your purpose, finding your why, setting your goals, doing your routines, following your habits like your book suggests, Battle Ready. Um, like... Ali, I have to say, it's been, you've been absolutely fantastic to speak to, to talk to, to get an insight into. You've given so many nuggets of gold there and so much wisdom. Um, before we go, I'm just looking. We get kicked off after one hour on Instagram, so we five yeah. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so before we go, have you any, I suppose, big one bit of inspiration or one bit of motivation to get anyone that is um, you know, sitting at home and they're just struggling at the minute? What are you going to say to them? What can you say to them to get them, you know, up to get them positive again? And just tell them, I suppose, take that first step. You know what I mean? Because that's what it's about, taking that first step. And that leads to a second, a third, a fourth. Well, first of all, you know, the underlying message and everything we've talked about here today is face that short-term discomfort because the long-term gain is where you want to be. But you can't, you know, you need, to, you, you need to draw a line in the sand. Make a goal today, okay? Make a goal today. It doesn't reflect where you are now. It reflects where you want to be. Okay, because and then once you start to do that, build a mini path to get there. So, you know, make that goal something that scares you. Okay, but make the first step towards it easy enough to do. Not yeah. simple as it is. And give yourself, you know, give yourself some structure throughout the day that, that, that touches three things, your mind, your body and your nutrition, because your nutrition affects your mind. Remember that. Yeah. And, and just like you're after saying there, it can be quite a simple goal initially. I love William, William McRaven's book about make your bed, like the most simplest goal. Oh, important. Simplest, yeah, a certain point in the morning. And that leads to another goal, which leads to another goal, which gives you confidence. And you eventually start to sort of widen your, your net. And, yeah. uh, and, and good things start to happen. Yeah, the, honestly, when I've been sort of at my lowest ebbs at times, the one thing I've always um, made sure is squared away is my environment. 
yeah. you know there's nothing you know that, that was all when i didn't have anything just make sure everything's squared away and that's making you know it sounds simple but when you come back to that bed later on at night if it's just a mess that it was left in the morning honestly yeah. you won't believe the negativity that creates so you know just and that's really that's really it you know some of this stuff can sound overwhelming getting attacked by chimps going and rescuing kids in thailand going to a war zone being attacked by the militia all that kind of stuff forget all that just focus on the small things and that's your immediate environment we have what a thing we say in the uh special forces and that's one meter square when everything is closing in around you just don't care about anything else just focus on the one meter square make sure that's squared yeah. away make sure you keep in momentum yeah Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, Dolly. I have a couple of questions here. Quick fire round. Three or sure. four questions. Quick fire. <laughs> and then we leave it at that. Firstly, I know, because I know this is a bit of a, a bit of a... Who's tougher? The SAS or the SBS? <laughs> I'll get flogged for this. <laughs> um, um, listen, we, we're, both, um, we're, we're both artists at, uh, at different sort of uh, uh, skills. But, you know, the SBS are, are focused on all the all the uh, maritime stuff, so all the water. As far as I'm concerned, mate, you add water, especially when it's salt water and it's cold to anything and it makes it harder, so. Any, um, any rivalry between yourself and Billy? Ah, <laughs> uh, only, only joyful <laughs> rivalry. I'll tell you what, just very quickly, in the Jungle Series 2 in Ecuador, there was me and Billy abseiling out a helicopter. And it was like, I was stood there at the top of the helicopter. It was, it was a long one, 60 foot. And I thought, I'm going to beat the SAS. And it was like, um, <laughs> and it came, it was like, go, go, go. Honestly, mate, I, uh, I miscalculated that one. And I may as well not add the rope. I bounced off the floor like you would, but I beat him, but I walked, I hardly walked away from it. But um, <laughs> yeah. Won the, you may have Billy's, won the battle. Yeah, Billy's a great guy. He's got a lot of stories. Um, the, hardest, the hardest celeb that you've come across? Uh, Wayne Bridge. Tough. Okay. Wayne, cool. Wayne Bridge. Yeah. Yeah, absolute, absolute machine. Yeah. You might not want to answer this one, but the most annoying celebrity? Uh, Casey Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very good. Listen, plenty in that, and I'm absolutely, as I said, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your no, day. It's a pleasure, mate. Pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. It's a wisdom there. So, listen, best of luck with everything else. I'm really enjoying the current series and, um, and I really hope we cross paths again. Um, anyone that hasn't read either of those two books, you need to get online now and buy them. I'll tell you, <laughs> where, you, can, I'll tell you where the best place to go. It talks about my projects. It talks about my books, yeah. everything. And that is ollieollerton.co.uk. So that's O-L-L-I-E-O-L-L-E-R-T-O-N.co.uk. And you can find all my projects. Project X which is coming up soon, which is quite exciting. So register for that and uh, you can find out everything I'm doing on there. Yeah. Ali, you are an absolute legend. Thank you so Likewise, much, mate. mate. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Take care, mate. Cheers. See ya. All right, guys, that was absolutely brilliant. I hope you all enjoyed it. I know I definitely did. Um. As I said, get on that book. He's got Battle Ready. He's got Breakpoint. Um, follow ollieollerton.co.uk. You'll get all that information. Really, really fantastic figure. Um, and I'm really looking forward now to the next interview. So we've got a couple of interviews lined up for next week. One of the big ones is next Wednesday, we have Dominic McGlinchey. Now, Dominic McGlinchey, 
is the son of murdered Republicans, Mary and Dominic McGlinchey. Um, and his story is um, all about the troubles in Northern Ireland. He's got a whopper of a story. He's, he's, he's really overcome a lot of adversity and he now runs his own gym um, in the fitness industry. Uh, really good guy. Looking forward to that one. That's next Wednesday at 3 p.m. If you have any questions, feel free to PM me, guys. Uh, Mad Witch, will you please save this? Of course, I'll have this saved. So if anyone does want to re-watch it, I'm going to have it saved. I'll put it up on my Google Drive and it's there with all of our other interviews. Okay. So guys, listen, it's been emotional. I've really enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Have a great Thursday, great weekend, and I'll talk to you all soon. Good luck. All right, guys, that is a wrap on another episode. Thank you for joining me this week on the Gym and Tonic podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thegymballina.ie, for more great content. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and you'll never miss another episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would really appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you liked this podcast, you might want to check out our social media platforms. On Instagram, at the underscore gym underscore Balana, or on Facebook, at the gym Balana. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. That's it from me, Stephen, at the Gym and Tonic Podcast. And remember, this is what we do.